Hello, my name is Jeremy Blossom. I'm the CEO and co-founder of StrikePoint Media. Today, I'm gonna to sit down with Anthony, who is one of our ad creative specialists. This guy is a genius at creating YouTube and Facebook ads that convert. What's the magic? How does he do it? Well, let's sit down and discover his techniques to creating highly converting ads. If you like this content, smash that subscribe button, hit the like button, share it with your friends. And if you've got a question or want us to elaborate on a topic we're talking about, then just add it to the comment section and we'll get back to you with an answer right away. Hello and welcome back. Today, I'm sitting down with one of our premier motion graphic video editors, Anthony. Anthony, welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me. So this was a discussion I was really excited for because in the realm of everything being online, you can't really talk about advertising without talking about video ads because for years people have been saying that video is going to be the future and guess what? Today is no exception, video is now king. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do. Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do for StrikePoint? Yeah, so uh, I've been working here at StrikePoint for two years. Uh, my title is marketing coordinator but I emphasis on video production and motion graphic design. Um, so basically what I do at StrikePoint is I make all of our ad creative. So that may be one day it's copywriting, I, everything from copywriting to the actual production to motion graphics to um, tracking and uh, you know just reviewing campaigns and making sure everything's on track and, and uh, taking action if it's not. Yeah, I think that one of your superpowers is that you've got this ability to take an idea for an offer or a campaign and translate it into something that people engage with, that they interact with, and most importantly, they take action. Mm -hmm. I'd love to try to like unpack how you do that and your approach to creating an ad. So kind of explain what is our strike point process? How do you get tasked out with, okay, Anthony, we need this video ad, and then what do you do after that? Right, so sometimes um, I get the task to write the copy for the ad, or sometimes it's the copywriter. So if I was writing the task, first, first thing I do is I, I get the, all the links that I need. So I get the, the copy, where's this, where's this page going? Where's this ad gonna live? Is it gonna live on YouTube, Facebook, like somewhere else? I don't know, that's, that's the first things you gotta know. Um, and basically then you look at the landing page or wherever you're sending these people because you, your ad has to match the look and the feel and the message of the offer and the landing page itself. So that's number one because if, if someone's coming from an ad that's bright pink and is talking about like get my free book, and then you send them to a VSL that's all the branding's green. It's just gonna, it's not gonna make sense, right? So we we found that you know matching all aspects from ad to landing page is is very important. So I mean you you always want to. A lot of the times I take the headline straight from the landing page, right? Because I mean copywriters know more than me, so I'm I'm gonna trust my copywriters on this. So I I take that headline. And a lot of times I use that and I make other variants too of, of that headline. To, and then that's up to the media buyers to you know, test and see which headline performed the best. Nice, so the first thing you do is you ask yourself, where is this video gonna live? Yes. What channel, Facebook or YouTube, something like that. Then you go and say, well, what is the video promoting? Right? Mm -hmm. What's the offer? What is it trying to 
to convey value? How is it trying to convey value? And then you're going to say, where is it going to go? What's the landing page? Right. Right. And what's the copy? And then mm -hmm. I like what you said there. I think a big thing that a lot of people need to do is is look for that continuity, mm -hmm. right? The user journey would be another way of saying it, and making sure that it is as seamless as possible from one medium to the next. Right. So, all right, so you've gotten an idea. Now, what's your first thing? Like, what do you think of? Do you have an idea in your head of what kind of ad you're gonna make? Do you kind of start researching other people's ads in the space? Like, where do you get your ideas for like what you're gonna do from uh, either motion graphics or content-wise? Gotcha, yeah, so a, a lot of the times, the video is already shot by the client and it's provided to me, right? So, so a, the physical film of the ad, I can't manipulate, but what I can manipulate is, is what's the headline or my motion graphics that are, that are in the video, right? So I start and I watch the video all the way through, just raw, and I, I, first I do my cuts, right? I get all the bad takes out and everything, and I get a finished, completed, like raw run through. There's no music, there's no motion graphics, there's nothing. I'm saying, okay, that's, that's my base. This is, this is how the ad's gonna look. Now, how can I improve this ad? So then it, then it goes into, ooh, do I need to add a title? Do I need to add a headline? Do I need to add, do I need to show the product? Like what, how can I, how can I visualize the product for the viewer so that they know what they're getting and they know the benefits um, and it's all compact and quick? And we have found that, I mean, the, the biggest thing hands down that you can do with your videos to improve their performance is literally just adding a headline. It could be a simple, so, most people shoot their videos 1920 by 1080, so that's like the regular rectangle, right? Sure. Simply by adding a headline above it and making that video into a square format, so you got 1920 by 1080 plus headline, dramatically reduces cost per lead. Just because when people are scrolling down their feed and they see a headline that calls out to them, they're, they're like, oh wow, okay, this guy made $720,000 this year, that's interesting, let me see what he has to say and then you at least got their attention, so. Yeah, isn't they, that interesting how in a video world, mm -hmm. copy still wins? Yes, it is. I mean, copy is the most important thing. Your, your video can be the most, the prettiest video, all the motion graphics, you could spend hours and hours on that, but if your copy sucks or if your headline sucks, nobody's gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's a huge takeaway that it's been really cool to, to see your journey through StrikePoint and all the different types of ads that you've, you've you know, tried to make or seen out there. Um, you know, looking back over the last two years, can you talk about some of the things that you've learned along the way? It could be you know, skill set wise or about ads or about marketing that you thought um, stood out. Yeah, so I think when I first started, I, I put in a lot of time to more the motion graphic piece and making my, like an art almost, like making it look really nice and making my motion, uh, everything flow really well. But I think recently I've begun to notice, well not recently, for, for a while now, I've begun to notice that, you know, that, that whole piece of it is, is second to, like we said, the copy and that's the okay. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yes. So that's a big revelation. Yes. So what I hear you just say was that in the beginning you made it a lot more about art Right. And, and not so much about like the copy, the angle, and the offer itself. And yeah. the longer you've been here, the more ads you've created, the more ads you've seen work and not work, you're noticing that it so much relies more on the offer, the copy, 
and then it's the artwork next. Right, because I mean, I came from a space where I was a video editor first, right? So you doing lifestyle and branding and things like that, where the client only cares about how it looks and how it feels. Whereas, and then transitioning to this job where it's all about performance. And it's like, what, what, what worked and what didn't work? If I don't care how beautiful it was, if the ROAS wasn't good, then who cares? Yeah. So, and a lot of the times that's, a lot of the times the, the prettiest video doesn't do very well. And it's the one that looks like crap and it has like a, a static headline in white and black. And it's just, in my opinion, it's sometimes boring, but yet it does the best. So it's, it's crazy. You truly never know what's gonna work until you test everything. So I think recently we've, I mean, we run with like, probably for one campaign, we have 20 variants for one script now. That's kind of like where we're at. Wow. And the, the variants could be, the headline, the call to action, and the starting point of the ad. So those are like the three main things that we test, and we mix and match all of those to get every single combination, and then we find a winning variant. And each time we find a winner, you learn like a little bit more for your next campaign. You're like, oh, okay, that performed, that's my starting point. So once I find my winner, I'm like, okay, this is my starting point for my next ad. How can I make more variations of that? And you just, you just keep finding new and new and new winners. Until yeah, you let data tell you, you right. let the marketplace tell you what they like instead of, that's the difference uh, between being objective and subjective. Because subjective is art, right? You can say something looks good and it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of a subjective thing. An objective thing is the number of people who've clicked on something, the right. number of people who bought something, the number of people who uh, took action. Mm -hmm. That's something that you can quantifiably measure and that's the type of information you look. You say, okay, I've got an idea, an hypothesis of what you think someone will do and, and what action they'll take. You'll create the video and you'll see, was I right or was I not? Exactly. And, and I think as a, as a video editor, sometimes that's hard if it was just me and I was trying to do data and editing and all that. And it'd be, it's, it's really hard to look at all of that. So I rely heavily on our, on our media buyers. I hit them up like all the time and I ask them, how do my campaigns do? What's doing the best? And they give me like a, like a quick overview of which one's doing the best and why they think it's doing that way. So that, that helps me really quickly know how my campaigns are doing. So I guess, like, I, yeah, I rely on the media buyers a lot to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Okay, so you spent a lot of time making um, beautiful videos and artsy videos and a lot of time making performance-based videos, yeah. videos that require action. If you were going to start a business tomorrow and you needed to get ads created for your business to sell, which types of videos would you create? <laughs> I'd record them on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it's quantity over quality for sure. And I, a lot of people aren't gonna like that I said that, but it's, it's kind of true. I mean, I could spend 10 hours or 20, 20 hours, I don't know, making a really, really nice ad, or I could spend 20 hours and make 10 different ads from an iPhone. I think in, being, having the power to test all 10 of those, one of them is gonna do better than your really nice looking ad. Yeah. Like that's just, one, it's just in the numbers. Like you've got 10 different pieces of copy, 10 different, head, maybe even more headlines, I don't know. But there's just so many, so many variables that way that you're more likely to find a winner than just putting all your eggs in one basket, I guess. When does it make sense then to increase the production value then of your ads? That's a good question. So I think production value matters when, when you're scaling. So you kind of do like a, 
I wouldn't say a rough draft, but you do these quick, you do these quick ads to kind of find what works yeah. with, your, with your client, and then once you get in the groove, you're like, okay, I understand what works. Then once once you have a baseline of what you what you know has worked in the past with that client, then you can spend some extra time. You're like, okay, I know this works. I can spend a little extra time, make this look really nice, because at the end of the at the end of the day, like making a nice video, it does matter. Yeah. But it doesn't matter as much as the copy and the especially testing. in the beginning so you create an MVA right a minimal viable ad right and then you test those and you see what is it that the market likes and doesn't like yeah and then you build upon the ones that it does like and you try to optimize those and you try to optimize those to a higher standard try to increase the production value because there is a part where especially over a period of time that consistency of an ad the look and feel of the ad will actually really will help the brand you can get a brand lift over right. time but right. in the very beginning, it's all about testing to see which works and what doesn't work, exactly. if any of them work. Yeah, in the very beginning, it's like a shotgun approach. You're just like seeing what sticks, and then once you kind of narrow it down, then you can kind of get into the nitty gritty and really dive in on specifics and making stuff look really nice. But that shouldn't be your first step. How many ads do you think you create a week? Uh, um, Including all the variants and everything. In the, all the variants? Oh, uh, that has got to be in the... 40s or 50s probably so 40 to 50 ads a week yeah wow yeah. so I, I'd say I can edit two full scripts per day so two ads and then each one of those could have six to 20 variants right okay so I know that you work with Michael is that you and Michael making 40 to 50 or you make 40 no, to that's 50? just me Michael does another 40 to 50 wow so, yeah so we're making about a hundred different ads with all the variants and everything every single week yes yep that is and I mean that's, that's probably incredible. an average week. It could be. It could be less. It could be. It just depends on our projects. Because sometimes I have like a DSL I have to edit. It takes me 80 hours. So obviously, no ads going to be made that week. But sure. Uh, other weeks it could be. I don't know. 100, 200 ads. Wow. Know? Yeah. If you can really get into the groove and make something. What are your, your favorite tools to make ads? Mm, well, I use pretty much solely After Effects, and it's. I mean, yes, After Effects is more complicated than. Premiere and sometimes it takes a little bit. Well, not for me anymore. But I'm I'm pretty quick on After Effects now. But in the beginning, it definitely took me longer. But you can get all. It's easier to make variations with After Effects than it is in Premiere. There's just so much more things that you can do. Motion graphics are easier. It's easier to move around text and and play with layers and you can organize everything really well. So I use After Effects um, pretty much. That's basically it. Yeah. So you're on a team of 42 other marketers, and you get a lot of input from a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that working on a team help you when making ads, and then what are some of the things that really hurt the process? What are times when you're like, man, why, I wish that you know, the client didn't do that, or our team member didn't do that, they either slowed you down or made the ads not effective? Right, I think it, what, this, the slowest part of the process is when there's like too many cooks in the kitchen, and like there's just a lot of strategy and so there could be a lot of changes throughout like one person thinks it should go this way the other thinks it should go this way so that part slows it down but it's also sometimes it's good because I'm like ooh, I'm really stuck on these headlines like who can, can does anyone have any headline options and then they come up with some really good options and I'm no longer stuck anymore I'm like oh these are great and then I yeah. have some ideas off of their ideas so that piece is really helpful like especially I rely on the marketing managers and the media buyers especially to get new new headlines for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. So what about when you're um, working on a particular ad, you see the copy and 
the copy's horrible, or you don't understand what the offer is, do you, what do you do in those types of situations? So if the copy's horrible, I mean, if it's, if it's so bad that sometimes you're just like, okay, you gotta, we gotta reshoot, we gotta rethink this, right? If I, if I just got a video from a client, I'm like, ooh, this isn't gonna work. Because sometimes you just have a gut feeling, you know, if the intro, the intro's a big part of it, so if the intro sucks, then you know you're gonna have to rewrite that or do something. But sometimes I can, if it's just a little patch of it that's bad, I can just cut another piece from further down in the ad that's more compelling and move that up to the front. So that's, I do that a lot. I would rather do that than rewrite because that, that pushes us back like three or four days. Yeah. So, I mean, first, just, just cut it and see if it works. If it doesn't, then yeah, we gotta rewrite. So what are some of the things that you consistently see that make good ads? Of the things that you've done, you're making, you know, between 40, 50, 100, 200 ads between you and Michael every single week. Do you notice certain trends or certain things that you like, this This will be a really good ad? Yeah, so I think in the first five to 10 seconds, a really good ad calls out to your audience, but not in the, not in like a generic way. Like not in the like, hey traders, how's it going? It should be like, this chart right here made me $7,000 and I'll show you why right now and it would be a chart with like that traders would be interested in. So they didn't specifically call out the fact that, hey traders, but they showed something that traders are interested in. And that mm. almost, that works better in my opinion because you know, if you're calling out people, if you're just saying, hey traders, how's it going? They're gonna be bored, it's generic, everyone does that. Show them something that they're interested in and it would really catch their eye and also single them out so that you're not getting, especially on YouTube, you don't want people to watch your video who aren't part of your target demographic, right? Because you pay for each one of those. Each one of the people on YouTube that watches the video past the five second skip, you pay for them. So if you're appealing to a broad audience, you're gonna be paying more for your ads. Whereas if you call out to your specific audience, you're only gonna have them watch the rest of the ad, which is good, because that's the only people you want to pay for. You don't wanna pay for anyone else. Yeah, and it almost sounds kind of counterintuitive. A lot of small businesses want everyone to see their ads, and they want everyone to see it. But truthfully, is not everyone wants your product or service. Right. And you really want to try to attract the people that would want and need your service the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on what market you're in. I mean, obviously, if you're e-commerce, you can probably appeal to everyone. That's fine. But in our space, trading and investing, like, yeah, you, you don't want to call out to everyone. Just, yeah. Just the people in your... Niche. I also like what you said a lot about show versus tell. We see a lot of ads that will tell people and there are the ads that you're saying are the most effective is when you can show people. Oh yeah. And in an e-commerce world, it's kind of easy to show because you have a product or service, but in an info product world, um, it's, you have to show through other means. And I like what you said, you can show things to go and say this is for me or not very, very quickly versus having to go and use the tell method, yes. which is so less effective. Yeah, so definitely, I mean, things that work for info products are like showing your guru, say, let's say you're a guru, showing your results, so your trading account, literal screenshots. Don't just put the number up there. Anyone can do that. I, like, I, I always want physical screenshots of their actual portfolio or chart or whatever they're explaining. It should be the real thing. Um, and yeah, showing proof as much yeah. as you possibly can, like really good proof, because that's again, that's demonstrating mm -hmm. 
the end result versus telling somebody something, putting up numbers on a PowerPoint presentation would be telling somebody something versus showing them is let me show you my W-2, let me show you my trading statement, let me show you, you know, um, this testimonial I got from somebody, exactly. right? Yeah. Testimonial is another good one. Showing if, if you're selling a product or service where you're, you're showing people how to do what you do, showing their results is really powerful. So yeah, customer testimonials, that's another big one. Um, it works best if you're screenshotting the actual testimonial. So don't don't rewrite their testimonials. Take a screenshot of like their Twitter or however Facebook, however they send it to you, and put that up there. So make it look as real as possible for every. Yeah. Every, so that no one no one ever has a chance to doubt it. They're like, oh, that's real. I yes. see their face. I see their their Twitter account. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Try to remove when in doubt, remove all doubt at exactly. all possible. Because people are shrewd when they're looking at something. We're we're always investigating we're always got our defenses up like well is this really what is this really true so the more you can as an advertiser lower their fears and uh, you do that through proof which is really yeah. good so I always ask this question and I want to ask you the same as a marketer and someone who makes a lot of ads every single day how do you get inspired or how do you stay inspired Anthony well I mean I do a lot of YouTube and Facebook scrolling myself. So I mean, if I, if I ever see, I, I watch video ads a lot just to get ideas, right? And if I see one that I'm like, wow, that was really compelling, I just bookmark it, I save it, screenshot it. If it's a static ad, you know. So I mean, if it, if it got me to stop and look as a video marketer, I'm like, okay, I know this has, this has some some juice. Like it's a it's a good ad. So I'll just I'll watch the whole thing share it with the team, get their thoughts, make sure I'm not the only one, you know. Um, but yeah, I really do get inspired off other ads that I see. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Just like a true marketer, right? We always do. Well, Anthony, you're the man, dude. Thank you so much for your time today. If you have any questions for Anthony, how he makes his videos, um, uh, any questions about the content that we discussed today, leave your comments below. And thank you so much for watching. Thanks, bro.